You need a drink? Anything? No. Nah, some, some water? Because it is, it is hot. So I was out all day Sunday at about 3 o'clock. I bent over to pick something up, and it was, like, hard getting up. You were like, one of those. And I was like, all right, I haven't eaten, <laughs> haven't drank anything. Been outside since 8 o'clock in the morning, working. Yeah. Uh, let's, time out. I, I, I love like the sweat. sweat. I like the sweat, too. I love the sweat. But, like, I'm too gassed to go to the gym now. I, I love I loved Sunday and the way I felt at the end of the day. It's just that I wasn't smart and I didn't drink. So it was, yeah. uh, but anyway, but today is hot. I mean, it's the dew point, yeah. 74. Yeah, I just want, I mean, I might actually go float a river Saturday. Paige is always bugging me to do that. I'm like, well, it's 100 like degrees. The, the, like the uh, Okoe? Yeah, right. She's like, let's go to the Red River in Clarksville. And I'm like, okay, sit in tubes. Oh. I mean, oh. it's fun, but it's like, you know, a round trip, two hours. No. I did the Salt River in Arizona. Was that fun? Well, it's like the, it's like the coup de grace of all floating streams in the United States. It was amazing. I have to do it, that. It was amazing. Yeah. No. And I had no clue that it was that amazing. I mean, my brother and I, we were driving across the country and back. That mm-hmm. was that was the goal. It was a. It was the. Uh, I guess I was out of high school two years. And it was kind of one of those brother bonding moments, you know. My dad thought we needed it, and then we we did. And so we loaded up in the car, and we drove all the way out to Bakersfield, California, and back. And we stopped in Phoenix, Arizona, where my uncle lived, on the way back. But we went to Vegas, and you did the you did the we did Route sixty six. Well, forty, but yeah, yeah, same it, thing. Yeah, it yeah, runs yeah. parallel theoretically. Yeah. So anyway, we did that, and when we stopped in Phoenix, um, my uh, cousin, his daughter. Um, and her friends were going to the Salt River because we showed up really unannounced. Mm-hmm. You know, it was back before cell phones. You know, and you, you had to go to pay a payphone. Well, I didn't even have his number. You know, we just we just showed up and he took us in and wow, it was great. And and his daughter uh, Nana, she took us uh, with her friends out to the Salt River and we floated that and that was that was really freaking spectacular. I'm looking it up right now. Oh yeah. I'd like to do that. No, it's it's like a thousands of people. That's fun. No, it is fun. No, it's so funny because when you float down it, because the water is really cool, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you'll hit a warm patch. Because <laughs> everybody has relieved themselves. Oh sure, oh sure. That's fun. Well, you got thousands of people down there. You know, <laughs> that's like a Tuesday afternoon float, not so much a Saturday. Yeah. So, yeah, no, you're right. And you've got to watch the bottom. Because mm-hmm. it, it gets, well, it gets fairly shallow. But you can watch the bottom because people drop shit. And you can, it's like treasure hunting. That's funny. Yeah, it's great. So, anyway. All right. We're going to do this? <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to another episode of Streaming Without a Paddle. I'm Andrew. And I'm Ted. This week, Ted and I took on Netflix's 10 Days of a Bad Man, and we definitely have different opinions. I had to watch this in three sittings. <laughs> and it's two hours and three uh, three minutes. Two I, hours and three I, minutes. I, I fell asleep <laughs> not drinking alcohol. I fell asleep twice. You should get an earlier start, Ted. 
it was like a 7.30 start. Oh. That's not that late. I just, um, <clears throat> I could not get into this. I don't know if it's the horrible dubbing in English. Just put the subtitles up. Put the subtitles up. Well, I had the closed caption going on the TV because I'm hard of hearing and, and uh, it gets a little loud for others in the room. And, and it's out of courtesy, too. But I heard what they were saying. I I like this movie. And here it is. Ten, ten days of a bad man. Uh, this guy is a private investigator. He's he's uh, fallen in love and with a prostitute, and they get married and they have a kid. They've opened up this little hotel. This movie takes place in Turkey, and the little town where it took place reminded me of Cray, France, where I, where I went. But anyway, anyway, his wife that he just he just loved her. And they, they just had a baby. Uh, well, she died during childbirth, and so did the baby. So they didn't really have the baby. But anyway, he's he's on the way to uh, uh, went to the gravesite of this girl's woman's mother to bury her next to her mother, and her father uh, disapproved of this. Uh, and uh, because she was, in his words, a whore. And her brother disapproved of it, too, and hit this guy on the back of the head. So he's driving back to, to wherever, and, and he's got a concussion or something and, and a head injury. Also addicted to painkillers. Addicted to painkillers, yeah. Don't forget that. That's no, important. That's a, that is important. Uh, but anyway, he's got a head injury now and some neurological problems, has a car accident, and he's picked up by a mafioso kind of guy, well, his gang, and uh, to repay the debt of saving his life, he's he's got to find somebody for the bad guy, for the mob guy, who the mob guy wants to put an end to. So he's doing that, and then he picks up a side job, and trying to solve the mystery of of a murder of of a, a, a friend of a friend, so to speak. And so, anyway, they uh, it's a double story going on, and it's a Turkish movie. Okay, known all, for their all, fine the, cinema. All all known the, for their fine cinema. All right, I like <laughs> this, Ted. I did. I if you want to know what other countries go through. And I enjoyed it because mm-hmm. the, the lip syncing was off, but you got the dialogue in American, you know, VO'd by, by some American voice actor. Great, great voice Probably actor. your buddy. Yeah. Yeah, probably. he's a yeah, voice this actor. This guy was like, hey, <laughs> what are you doing? It was like, do you remember those old, um, where they would dub Kung Fu movies yeah. in the 80s? And it was like, right. hello, how are you? And who but didn't that's love what was those? happening. I mean, who I like those then. <laughs> Oh, man, I love this because it made me think, one, okay, I'm getting to experience something that I haven't experienced since, you know, like you said, the Kung Fu movies back in the day. But I'm getting to experience what other countries get to experience because they get more of our stuff than we get of theirs. Yes. I, okay, first of all, the lead guy is a very good actor. He's great. Oh, he was like, great. I, don't I thought everybody need, did a great job. I don't even need to know what you're actually saying because it's coming across. That's that that yes. is that means you're good. Yes. Um to me it's just too like too many things happening. Like 
too many things, too many storylines, too many. It's kind of just to, honestly, if you weren't staring directly at the screen, I mean, I just I was kind of like, oh, oh, okay, oh, oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I you know I I don't want to say this to validate my opinion of this movie, but let's think about it. Netflix purchased this movie more than likely paid to have the VO done as part of the deal. Mm -hmm. That's how much, and I'm not, I don't want to call them the brain trust at Netflix because, you know, they have an equal amount of things that, that prove they're not that smart. But I thought they were really smart to pick this movie up because I found it, found it, albeit a little slow. Mm -hmm. I found it very compelling. I thought the acting in it was good. And just like you said, you didn't really need the dialogue because the acting, it, it carried it. It. it carried it. Yeah, so, I just, I mean, I didn't like how all the different stories were happening. And it was not my thing, but I can look at it and be like, oh, okay, I appreciate what it was doing. Sure. But I just, it's it's just too slow. It's it was too slow. slow. It was slow. I don't want to watch a foreign language film that's slow. Sorry. <laughs> I don't care I don't if they dub if you it. can call it. A, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if you can call it a foreign language film. because they, they did a great job dubbing, though. They I mean, did a good job, but I would say most of what new stuff is popping up on Netflix, not all, but a good chunk of it is foreign stuff that well, they're dubbing over. Bring it on, if it's like this for me, because that was, I really, I really like this movie. I mean, we... And here's the odd thing about it, guys. We can't really talk about this movie because we don't know any of these actors. You're not going to know any of these people. I can't even pronounce their names. No, it's very... We, we, yeah. Yeah. No, it's all Turkish actors. It, you know, the scenery was, I thought, beautiful. I love Europe. I've been to Europe. If you get a chance to go to Europe, you got to go to Europe. You know, it's a lot older than America is. It's in, very in the cool. sense of a population, not, you know, the earth was formed and the earth was formed. So this guy that's a lead that looks like Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks like Aaron Rodgers. He does look like Aaron, uh, older Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But he does look like he Aaron Rodgers. Before we get into the scoring here, Ted said he didn't even want to look it up and see what IMDb gave it, but it's oh, it gave it's it a right, lot. It's right there. It gave there. it a lot. It, that does. It's a six point one. It's a standard IMD rating. Nothing, nothing bad about it. Yeah. Now Rotten Tomatoes, though, on the other hand, gave it a forty. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know, I, I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, I think it's, <laughs> here we go. Rotten Tomatoes in my book is certified. Stupid. Oh. No, seriously. Yeah. Well, it's hard, to, it's hard to use Rotten Tomatoes because the, the truth is critics are universally like things, right? Yeah. And then they'll be like, this is, let's say Nomadland. Every critic loves Nomadland. Every one of them. A lot of audience people do not like Nomadland. A lot of normal people, so it's so skewed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I did. I like this film, guys. I'm sorry. I, I, it was lowbrow. It was, it was. There was not a lot of action in it, and there when there mm -hmm. was action, it was tolerable. It was realistic, and um, 
you know, it was, I, I thought this was the funniest thing when I started it. It's rated R, right? And it's got up this, you know, violent, sexual, you know, and all this stuff. And I, you know, there was nothing really. I mean, there's overtones of things, but mm-hmm. there, <laughs> there was not a lot of either. There one. wasn't a visual uh, basis of it. There really wasn't a lot. You know, this, if you like the Pink Panther movies, you'll like this movie, but know that it doesn't have any comedy in it at all. There's no Steve Martin in this. Oh, I'm talking the You're real. You're talking the 70s the, one? Yeah, the Peter Sellers, yeah. Oh, okay. With with the real Cato and, yeah. That, okay. That. It, it's, it's one of those, it's a mystery. You're following along. You're trying to figure stuff out, too. I mean, it's no glass onion by any means. But. No, it isn't. <laughs> but it's still in that, that vein of you, you, you get, you get compelled to try to figure out who's the bad guy and what's, what's the situation. And because that's what this guy's doing. I have a question. Yeah. Um, the girl that's with them the whole time. Right. At some point, I thought it was his daughter. Well, they start out, she calls him daddy. Okay, but she's also a prostitute, right? And, uh, well, she was. And she then, was. And then she was, she, he was paying for her to go to school. At yeah. least that's what I got to get her out and, mm-hmm. and get her. But she would like to off. sleep with him. She was, she was in love with him. Yeah. Matter of fact, they end up in the, into the, look, not going to say that. You don't say that, but I'm just a dead. Not going to say good that. Good question I had is was like, I saw her call him daddy, mm-hmm. and then her asked to sleep with him. Yeah, I was confused about that relationship too. Okay, um, and I and I'm just I'm thinking that might be one of those things that's lost in translation between Turkey and here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when the writers sat down and they were watching her lips move. They went, it looks like she said daddy. Let's just call him daddy. So that's yeah. what they put in. It was confusing. That was, you know. So, but and now every time I, every, every, I did, I did laugh when she called him daddy. I said to myself, that's not Pedro Pascal. No. Because <laughs> he's daddy. daddy. He's daddy. She could have been like, zaddy. Hey, zaddy. Something. Yeah. <clears throat> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because, one, it was it, the, the content was great. I mean, I liked following the mystery. I was trying to figure it out as well and uh, and understand why he was so addicted to painkillers. And and I have a theory on that. We don't ever really know. Well, maybe you'll find out in the, the, in the good man. prequel. Yeah. I, I'm going to check it out. It's a Netflix one, too. They bought it, I'm sure, as a package deal. Mm-hmm. So, then again, it might be Netflix turkey. turkey. That's probably what it is. That's because it had high production value. It did. It it was it was shot nicely. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, when I was watching it, I immediately went to Cray, France, and I was like, oh my god, you know. And so I ended up taking a virtual, a virtual relive of the the mole from Cray, France to Avignon to Sevilla. To Santa Petre, to uh, Rondo, uh, Marbella, Malaga. I did. I did a all virtual. Yeah, all the places we went. I did a virtual retrace of my stuff 23 years ago. 20, That's fun. 23 years ago this month, a, a, a band of frontier guys on a, a realm of reality boarded a 747 from Los Angeles, California to to. Paris, France. That's about a 13-hour flight. I don't know. I can't tell you. I slept the whole way. 
I, I well, it's L.A. to New York, I, right? It was nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. That's at least LA, a twelve. Hour, that's at least a ten hour. Yeah, flight. LAX <clears> to, <throat> to Charles de Gaulle. It was nonstop on a seven four seven. We shot the opening. I was one of the field producers on it, one of three, and we broke the we broke the show down into segments. And so, like the opening scene and all that, uh, the opening challenge was mine. And so we did that up in Bakersfield, California. And uh, the week before we did that, the other two teams they'd already left and went to uh, uh, to Paris, uh, and were getting prepped over there for the the company to arrive. And so um, we 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 shot we shot the day one of the mole, which was basically the opening and the first challenge. Production, all the camera guys, everybody left Bakersfield, ran down to L.A., got on an airplane, and they flew over to Paris. And then my uh, uh, associate producer and I, we stayed in Bakersfield and cleaned up. And uh, <laughs> which which was really funny because when, when we were finished shooting and the teams were, the, the production crew, the camera and audio and everybody was leaving to go to L, back down to L.A. to get on a plane, the line producer came up to me and go, oh, I, uh, she came up to me. She goes, oh, we changed your flight. You're now leaving at, at like 9 o'clock that night. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't supposed to leave till the next morning. That's the way to do it, though. A red eye is definitely the way to do it. And, well, I was, I'd was i already been up for 16, 18 hours. Of course you slept the whole way. And, you know, uh, and, of course, I only had like three or four hours sleep before going into that day. I was so pissed. And then they didn't give me my cell phone. My, my European cell phone. And uh, so anyway, we got down to LAX. We, we had to rush wrap Bakersfield in the airport up there. And uh, uh, anyway, we've, we've, we got onto the plane and we started taxiing. I just heard the engines, you know, firing up. And the brakes came off of the, the 747 halfway down the runway. And I, and I just remember looking over and seeing the terminal out my window and that was the last thing I saw until I woke up about an hour outside of Charles de Gaulle. <laughs> that was it. That's fine. I didn't even know where my, my associate producer was on that flight. I, they weren't next to me. No, you're just getting off. You're yeah. like running wild. The little line producer <clears throat> and I did not get along. Hmm. We didn't. And so don't ever piss off the line producer if you're a field producer and they're booking hotels and flight for you. Because yeah. ultimately they... They they can make your life miserable and mm-hmm. and uh, and she did she did I mean I because when I got there we we got into Charles de Gaulle and flew down to Avignon ferried up to uh, uh, drove up to uh, Cray France and the production crew was down in Nice filming they were they were going at it up there so when I got to when I got to Cray and checked into my room. Uh, which wasn't bad, but it was, you know, it was nice. It was France. There was supposed to have been a kit there for me, a cell phone and all this stuff for Europe, and it was it was none. She might as well have just left a bag with a note in it and F you, Andrew. What a... what Because well, literally, you know, figuratively, that's what she did. Well, she sucks. She <laughs> So, and it was funny because I had no way of getting in touch with the actual crew now because I had no phone. None, none whatsoever. I had no numbers. I had nothing on anybody. And I was just like, you know, 
um, my our fixer, um, he was in contact with the other fixer uh, down in in Nice, and so he was getting reports mm-hmm. of what was going on, and it was apparently a, just a huge cluster down there, and uh, so I got the fixer to fixer stories, and <laughs> and I was like, oh crap. And then I one one morning I woke up and uh, 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 our fixer there he he goes uh, uh, they'll be here today in three hours. <laughs> I was like, hey, thanks, appreciate that, you know. And of course they get up here and everybody's yelling at me, why aren't you communicating? Where are we going? What are we doing? Where's your phone? Why aren't you calling us? Keeping us updates? I mean, they were just angry at me. And I I turned to I turned and looked at the line producer who was with them, and I said, yeah. Where's my kit? Where's my phone? Where's all that stuff that was supposed to have been in my room? What did she say? What? What did she say? I, I, it was just, it was one of those moments. It was just, you know, everybody understood at that time where the ball was dropped. Yeah. Everybody knew. <clears throat> so we, we, we regrouped. So anyway. You rallied. We did. And so we were, show, we were supposed to shoot two segments in Cray. We ended up shooting three segments in Cray. To make up for one segment that didn't get down in knees, which okay. was on the fly. Anyway, that was it. That's hey, the mole. Season bef- one. Before you give your number. I'm going to give my number. Before you do that. Yeah. Every time I think of Bakersfield, everybody's like, oh, I think of the Bakersfield sound. I do not. I think of the movie Best of Times with Kurt oh, Russell. Yeah. And Robin Williams. And Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. They, their rival is Bakersfield. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's me all too. I think Taft. of when I hear it. Yeah, Taft. Taft. Taft versus Bakersfield, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, after doing the mole up there, uh, you know, uh, uh, I befriended a guy who had a hangar up there that did, you know, jumps, parachute jumps and, mm-hmm. and stuff out of his hangar there. And, uh, oh, I want to say his name's Ron. This is 23 years ago. And uh, anyway, I think of Bakersfield. I think of spending 36 hours with Ron and those guys up there. You know, those guys know how to live. I mean, at least they come off as it, you know, when mm-hmm. somebody walks into their door. I've never, I've never met somebody that dealt with airlines or, or, or airplanes on a private level. They had their own hangar and rented planes and, you know, that kind of thing that, that weren't fun. You know, Ken and Ted Otto down in Sanford or, uh, Orlando, or Sanford, Florida, where we shot Passenger 57, we used their hangar. Now, granted, I remember their names there because we lived there for two months. Mm-hmm. But they were amazing. I mean, they were the coolest cats I think I've ever met in my life. That's now, cool. Ron up in Bakerfield, he was pretty cool too. So he's he had, a close second. Yeah. Well, he had. Have you ever heard this this uh, stall airplane stuff? Short takeoff landing. Mm-mm. It's a big thing now. I mean, Red Bull just landed a plane on top of a building, and then took off from the top of the building in this airplane, and. Uh, uh, they, that's what they had one of those planes it was called an otter I remember the name of the plane and it was a stall plane short takeoff and landing you could land it in the desert and didn't need a lot of runway and you could he would bounce it to get it up in the air it was really cool okay so anyway I'll google it alright Ted I'm gonna I'm gonna lead I'm gonna give him this a 72 I, I, I think it's a good movie it's not great. It's nothing to write home. I, I enjoyed this movie. This is a 72 in my book. Hard 50 for me. I would watch it again. I would never watch it again. 
Nor would I watch oh, the I hope prequel. Not 50. 50. Well, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch the prequel. I give it 50 because the quality of the acting and the way it was shot. Not because it's the script for me. I'm just like, it's too. Oh. But, but hey, teach Maybe it's own. a generational thing. Maybe. I like those older, slower things. I enjoyed it a lot because of the dubbing. Well, I hope that you watch this other one and tell me a whole synopsis I, I will. of it. I will. I will. I'm going to go watch those old Kung Fu movies now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I love those Kung Fu movies. He hit me hard. Yeah, the Kung Fu theater. <laughs> I loved, I lo- and I loved the thing about that was, was they used a, an English speaking actor, but they gave him an Asian accent yeah. when he said that. Stuff. Say this is racist without saying it's racist. It's like, I mean, <laughs> I mean that was... everything in the 80s, people were just like, well, it was the 80s. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> That's, yeah. We didn't think we were racist or any of that no, stuff, but it was, you know. We weren't smart enough to realize that what we were doing was racist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The way we were, but that, I love that about the old Kung Fu movies was the fact that they were, they were in English. English speaking VO, but it was still it was, an accent. Yeah, they gave it the the Asian accent. <laughs> yeah, so wrong. Okay, grasshopper. So wrong. Uh, David Carradine. All right, seventy two fifty. I'm a watch. Ted's a knot. Mm-hmm. That's about it. That's it. That's it. Thanks for tuning in. Next week, there's another episode of Streaming Without a Paddle. That's right. That one's exciting. I think we got a good one coming up. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm Andrew. I'm Ted.